Hello and welcome to the AIPT Comics Podcast, the number one comics podcast on AIPTcomics.com. My name is David Brooke, and I'm here with Chris Hassan, special guest co-host. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, has it? I feel like I was just... <laughs> um, it's crazy, because I listen to this show every Sunday. Mm. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Um, oh, thank and you. And it's kind of crazy that I am on the show. You know, it's going to be a weird Sunday when I <laughs> turn it on, and there I am. It's not Nathan. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a trippy experience for you, I'm sure. And really, for everyone who uh, who's been expecting Nathan to uh, be talking alongside yeah. me, he's actually taking a vacation this week, taking some much needed time off, and uh, we wish him well. He's in the mountains in Florida. I did. <laughs> Florida has mountains. I don't know. I don't know if it's actually Florida, but it's within driving distance of where he lives, which is in Florida. Okay. I can give you his address, but I won't. Stay no, for the kidding. end of the show, everybody. Get Nathan's. <laughs> we could actually do that as a, as a contest for the fans. Find Nathan. <laughs> Find Nathan, or else I'll be back again next week. They'll do some geo tracking. <laughs> Speaking of searching, if you wait a little longer, uh, we actually have an interview with Benjamin Percy, Wolverine, X Force writer who also has a new scripted podcast coming out called Wastelanders Old Man Star-Lord. I thought you were going to say <laughs> Benjamin Percy, comma, Wolverine himself. <laughs> <laughs> he practically is. He is. Wait, wait, Just wait until you hear his voice. Uh, I, I, You might have seen people talk about this on Twitter or whatever, but yes, his voice is very deep. Yeah. To the point where it's like literally impressive. Like it shakes walls. And you... Uh... <clears throat> the listeners won't be able to, to see this, obviously, because, I mean, they weren't on uh, Zoom with us. But at one point, he did pop a claw and uh, <laughs> slice a cigar, and, and it was really, he really did, impressive. Yeah. We had Very impressive. edit that out. <laughs> we do. We do have to edit that out. No, but, um, yeah, Wastelanders is a new podcast coming out June 1st. Uh, there will be two episodes that day, and it's actually voiced by some incredible talent like Danny Glover and Susan Sarandon and... Uh, Chris Elliott, um, it's really impressive. But we also talk about the Hellfire Gala, um, which kicks off next week. Yeah. And uh, and we talk a little bit about X-Force and how the team has become the security for the event, which is a little surprising. And vampires. And vampires. Oh, yes, you ask about and vampires. We, get, vampires, we yeah. get deep into vampires. But before we get to the Benjamin Percy interview, we recap the biggest news of the week. And lo and behold, the biggest news of the week is X-Men related. Yay. Um, we find, we find, <laughs> Chris's favorite, so clearly. Excited. Ex so, uh, Marvel revealed the title to Jonathan Hickman's mysterious new X-Men book coming out September. It's called Inferno. And that's about all we know about it. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to fact check. All right. Because, because is it, is it called Inferno? Is it called uh, the Books of Destiny? Well, well, is, is Inferno an event? I believe the uh, press release information said new title Inferno, didn't it? Oh, I didn't read the press release. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the announcement mm. and I saw it said, stay tuned for more. And I was like, sounds good. <laughs> no, you're right. Maybe it has a different title. I mean, for all we know, it, it is very vague. Um, I, it, there... You know, with, with Hickman, expect the unexpected. Yes. Uh, I, I, I think Jerry Dugan took to Twitter and said something like, all your burning questions will be answered or something like that. Like, it's a, a real trip. Good good burning pun. Uh, we still don't know who the artist is. Uh, we, we did know this book was coming for a while. Now, if you look like closely at the art, <clears throat> there is 
uh, an image of Mystique screaming, Magneto's in the shot, it looks like Moira and Moira as a baby is also used from uh, the, of course, Power of Ten House of X uh, series. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Do you think Nathan is the artist? Nathan Simmons? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe. He, if he didn't tell me, I'd feel so hurt. But yeah, this book comes out in fall. Uh, likely we'll find out probably in the next week or two. We will definitely find out more at the, by the end of the month when the full Marvel solicitations come out and we get the title and the artists and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, a, lot of, a lot of speculation around what Hickman was doing next. I saw a lot of people saying Uncanny X-Men, but come on. We're not gonna, We're not doing Uncanny no. X-Men for a long time. That's that's old school. Do you think it's a the new era? I mean, with the Moira imagery, it makes you think it will be a Moira book. And with X Men number twenty this week, it makes you think there might be a Moira book in in the <clears> works. Yeah, I think if I'd have if I had to guess, I'd say it's uh, whatever Mystique has got planned. Um, start going after the Council or chipping away at things uh, for how they've been treating her, Xavier and Magneto. Um, Definitely, it, it's probably, I mean, they had promised a Myra book way back when, but obviously the plans changed, so I think a lot of that Myra material will probably make its way into this book. Um, but yeah, I'm excited either way. I, I, I love the political side of Krakoa, and I think uh, Jonathan Hickman getting to dig into that in this book will be uh, pretty exciting. So When Hickman was last on X-Men Monday, your column, didn't he say something about Moira? He said something, didn't he? Oh, he's he. I asked him uh, what Myra's Moira's been up to, yeah. and he said, "Shit, I forgot about Myra." <laughs> right, and I, I believe the last time he actually did X Men Monday, he was quite trollish, wasn't he? He was a bit jokey. He's he's always quite trollish in X Men, but it's what it's what the fans deserve. So it's what the fans deserve. Well, <clears throat> what the fans also deserve is Superman vs Lobo, a new book announced this oh, do week. They? From DC Comics. Um, it uh, is features Tim Seeley and Sarah Beattie and Mar- Mirka Andolfo on art. This is the same writing team behind Money Shot at Vault, which is a very uh, sexual comic series that's also quite funny. Uh, likely this will be too. If you look at the art, there's no lettering yet, but if you look at the art at aptcomics.com, it does look like it has a sillier tone what about a sexual tone you know i probably i mean look if you look at the art lobo's got almost no clothes on so we're getting there mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact uh, dc comics revealed a lot of new books this week uh, i believe they put out their full solicitations this week as well but uh along with it came announcements like the joker a puzzle box a new book by matthew rosenberg and jesus marino um so this is uh this is not a DC black label book, which I thought was an interesting choice, but it uh, basically will have uh, an interrogation scene with Joker and it will play out in that interrogation scene. He's got something planned for the cops. So it's like that scene from The Dark Knight, just a comic. <laughs> yeah, and I, I doubt I doubt that uh, Jim Gordon will slam against the wall and scream, where are they? Four times, <laughs> comprehensively. <laughs> well, that's exciting. I mean, I haven't, read a rosenberg comic in a long while because he's kind of been jumping around yeah um but it's exciting it seems like he's really uh building a niche for himself over at dc i know he's been doing some grifter stuff and and various bat stuff that's a good point yeah he's he's backed off of marvel since hawkeye and uh yeah he's been doing more dc than ever uh maybe we'll see even more with him uh this is obviously just a mini series but uh if it does well oh the cover is also by chip zardarsky by the way Oh wow! Yeah, which uh, which isn't wasn't like super highlighted in the press release. You know, it's funny. Joker is uh, there's so much Joker, and he's so overplayed in every form of media. 
but it he also attracts uh, all these talented creators. So it seems yeah, to that's true. while I guess I guess the more jaded comic fans are tired of Joker, it seems like mm. Joker will forever uh inspire creators and uh and 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 bring out good stories in them. Uh I know you really love that uh is it Killer Smile? Is that the one you Yeah, liked? yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was good. That was Jeff Lemire. I learned that on the APT <laughs> Comics podcast. I might have recommended it one week. I don't remember all the <laughs> books I recommended. But uh, yeah, in August, there will be three Joker books. There'll be the mainline Joker mini... Uh, not, I don't think it's... I think it's an ongoing series. This book. And then uh, Brian Azzarello is doing a Joker DC Black Label book. Three Joker books. Cool. Plenty of money to spend. In our next bit of news... Are the three Joker books about the three Jokers? <laughs> no, it's not. People were making that joke I saw this week. Oh, okay. Uh, DC also announced a new hardcover called Batman The World. It comes out on September 14th. Now, this is an interesting idea. The, the book itself. It features creators from across the globe telling Batman stories in their home country. Either the location oh, wow. is in their home country. If you go to aptcomics.com, you can actually see previews of every single story. Actually, minus one or two stories, but most of the stories have a preview. And we're talking from countries like Italy, Spain, China, uh, the Czech Republic. And the art styles are wildly different, but some, a lot of them are actually quite European. If you've read a lot of Humanoids or other books from Europe, you'll, you'll sort of see that similar feel. It's not quite as Americanized in, any, in all of these stories, anyway. But it's a neat idea also because it's taking creators that you may not know because they don't work in America or because they're still rising up. Um, and putting them all on this one book gives them all kind of recognition and, and eyeballs on them, right? Yeah, I like that idea. I didn't know anything about this. Um, by the way, listeners, I don't know any about any of this news <laughs> from the week. I don't really like comics. <laughs> no, no, you, you. <laughs> I don't follow. Comics. You wait till Sunday to hear all the news on the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it sounds like a cool idea. Um, I saw people. It reminds me of kind of the the Marvel's Voices idea. Of kind oh of, yeah. You know, uh, giving different creators a chance. Are the are the are the full creative teams from like different countries? Yes. Like, is the writer and artist both from the Czech Republic, or is it like one big artist and one unknown like writer? No, they're all based on my knowledge, uh, unknown, relatively mm -hmm. unknown. Although I did see this ended up on Reddit and some people were like, oh, this artist is great. This is so cool. Or this artist is great. But most of the names are unfamiliar to me. And there, no one's cool. being paired with like, you know, a major uh, American writer or artist. They're all, I think they're all actually from those countries as well. Nice. I like it. Chris approves. I love Although it. Although I did see people on Reddit going, oh, it's more Batman. Great. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me on Reddit people are, angry yeah i know it's rare to see and especially comic fans. unless it's related to batman uh in more dc news uh, dc unveiled their infinite frontier uh plans uh through june into august uh infinite frontier is a miniseries a six issue miniseries by josh williamson and zermanico this is a, a series that's basically building off of the infinite frontier number zero that came out a few months ago which of course came after uh future state Lots of stuff to keep in your mind while you prep uh, this news. Yeah, I've already, I'm lost. So the first issue comes out June 22nd. It looks to be like a uh, cross uh, multiverse kind of story. Uh, characters like Alan Scott, uh, the Green Lantern, and the Justice Society of America are involved. Uh, President Superman appears to be maybe the main character. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a wild concept. Brian Hitch is doing this crazy um, six cover gatefold like 
connecting cover thing, and Mitch Gerads is doing the uh, main covers, which look really cool. Cool. I'm shocked that DC is doing something involving the multiverse. <laughs> That's, any any time I listen to the show, uh, you know, in the news, it's like this new DC multiverse story. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. It 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 does. <laughs> I have to tell you, it looks daunting, but I'm sure it'll be entertaining enough. Is, is is DC good? Are the books they're putting out good right now? Uh, yeah. Asking you as a prolific reviewer. Yeah, Strange Adventures is good, but that's not even part of the main continuity. <laughs> uh, no. I I have I have nothing against DC yeah. listeners. I just haven't read DC regularly since the New Fifty Two, sure. and I got very confused very quickly, and I never went back. But I I try to read stuff yeah. that's acclaimed in trades. Yeah, yeah, and it happens all the time because there are great runs and. James Tynan's doing good good work at ba- uh, Batman right now with Jorge Jimenez. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of comics in general, isn't it? You can kind of pick up a story arc here or there and enjoy it for what it is and, and then not read Batman for another five years, <laughs> if, if you so yep, decide. That's the, that's the plan I'm on. <laughs> uh, also, DC revealed their free comic book day offerings. Um, this is a, a little late. Almost every publisher has revealed what they'll be putting out on free comic book day, yeah, which comes out August 14th. Honestly, it's too late. Usually, Free Comic Book Day is in April, um, but it was delayed due to the pandemic. Uh, I, I guess assuming that everyone's vaccinated and can go out into the real world again. Um, there is a Batman Free Comic Book Day book. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, this is, uh, features a story by James Tynan and Jorge Jimenez and um, John Ridley uh, and Travel Foreman, which tie into their Batman books uh, in the fall. And then there's a Suicide Squad King Shark book. I have a feeling this was uh, a choice to sort of tie into the movie or the movie buzz, because yeah. King Shark does seem to be one of the more beloved characters from the trailer of uh, uh, t- uh, J- Jim. Uh, what is his name? Jim Gunn. Uh, James, James. James Gunn. Gunn. James Gunn. Yeah. But J- Jim is Jim is short for James. You oh, can do good. That. <laughs> I'm allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I allow it. Uh, Tim Seeley's uh, writing this as, as well as Brian Azzarello. But yeah, there's some cool middle grade and uh, teen uh, free comic book day books as well. Do you, do you do you know James Gunn? Uh, James Gunn once uh, yeah. liked liked to tweet. I, oh my god, he's practically our family at this point. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're best friends. Do you uh, do you partake in free comic book day? Uh, no, I only want to buy my comics. <laughs> You're a consumer. You're, you don't like <laughs> socialism. But here's here, here's the thing about free comic book yeah. day is that uh, again, I usually only get whatever book involves x-men so okay. it's like okay i gotta go get this x-men book yeah. and then you get to the store and there's a line out the door yeah. and it's all families and all small children who would never go in that store normally. <laughs> okay so i have to i have to stand in line of these people uh-huh. and it's also uh it's also people who who like free things okay yeah so the the last time i remember going to a store in the morning yeah. is i was in a long line out the door i finally got and they, they put all the, the books in long boxes uh-huh. on a table so you went through one box at a time. Oh no! And so I was behind people who were like flipping through like My Little Pony, TMNT, random stuff no one wants to read, and it's like, and then they also mix in like here are a bunch of comics we have in stock that we don't want anymore. So right. it's like eighties stuff, seventies random stuff, and they will go through literally every single thing. And I'm like, I just want my X Men book, please. And you can't cut because it's a very oh yeah, organized you, thing. you will get cut you if you to, cut. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> and then you have to check out even though it's free i have to go stand in line and they have to scan it even though it's free wow 
So it's, I don't like it. <laughs> Apparently you just took us on an adventure. I think I wrote an article about this <laughs> and laid out all these points That's funny. about like how to navigate free comic books. Uh, in our next bit of news, Image Comics announced the Silver Coin is getting a new writer's lineup. I know a lot of folks were thinking Michael Walsh's uh, series was going to end because it was only solicited for, I think, five issues. If you don't know, this is an anthology series that uh, Michael Walsh draws every issue, but he has a different writer paired with him. And in this next batch, we found out Josh Williamson, Ram V, Vida Ayala, and Matthew Rosenberg will all be joining him, uh, as well as Michael himself. He'll be writing and drawing one of the issues. Um, double, double Williamson, double Rosenberg in this news. Yeah, that's true. Wow, they're really just killing it this week. <laughs> you know, Rosenberg wrote was uh, X Men. <laughs> Did he? Oh, that's true. He wrote Uncanny X Men. Didn't you review a lot of that? I think you were reviewing that, or was I reviewing uh... that? I reviewed the Disassembled run, oh, and yeah. I did the first issue of uh, his Cyclops Returns run, mm. and then I had to jump off it, because I, I launched X-Men Monday, and there yep. couldn't be con- conflict of interest there, in case I didn't, if I stopped liking X-Men. That's right. How can I That's right. How can I write a column about X-Men if I don't like X-Men? How could you write a column about X-Men while talking to the, Marvel, uh, the X-Men editor-in-chief? That's right, because then the whole... <laughs> The whole interview would be about what I thought of the last book. Yeah. That wouldn't be yeah. Fair Jordan would be like, why? Why Why did you give it an 8? You should have gotten a 10. <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> we have a, a pile of fan questions here, but i got to talk about this 9.5 out of 10 I gave. i got to talk about that 0.5, man. Uh, one book that might get a 9.5 out of 10 is Marvel's newly announced Star Wars book that's set in the High Republic universe. Uh, it is, or universe, I guess you could call it a timeline. Yeah, basically, the High Republic is uh, it takes place before the prequels, hundreds of years before uh, before the Jedi like fully took over. Um, was was Star Wars worse before the prequels, or was it was it better that it took a nosedive in the prequels? Uh, before I don't know. I, I, it's only really been told in uh, novels and comic books so far. So mm. we haven't yet seen um, uh, like a car- cartoon or a, mo- a TV show or movie or anything in that universe yet. I assume. Is there one coming up? Yeah, because there's they announced like fifty Star Wars shows, so I'm sure one of maybe. them takes place in this. I don't know. That's actually a good question. I know Yoda could probably appear in it because he's nine hundred in the main line. Anyway, it's called the Trial of Shadows, and it features two new Jedi that we've never met before. They are in this cover art on amptcomics.com. Uh, and in our last bit of news, Chris. You get the floor. Tell us about... Uh, what do I do? What am I doing? So you got X-Men Monday. Uh, you got First of <laughs> all, you had a whole Hellfire Gala plan in place with a with a, a full menu as if we were going to a party ourselves and your oh, right. your column yeah. was yeah. that party. How has that panned out? Is that is that all done yet? Are you still going? Oh, shoot. <laughs> Amazing. No, yeah, we did... Uh, we've, we, we hit 100 editions. Uh, that was a couple months ago, and uh, since then we've had Steve Orlando on. Uh, we had uh, Luis and Walter Simonson for a two-parter. That was awesome. Very cool. Um, that was a bucket list dream of mine. Um, then we had Jordan on for two weeks. Jordan caused some trouble on Twitter <laughs> talking about stuff. I forget what he talked about, but people were upset. When are they not upset? <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, and then what else? We talked to Jerry Duggan last time. Russell Dutterman. Jerry, and then. Russell Donnerman, yeah, that was a great mm-hmm. one. Love Russell's art. Um, and yeah, so now we've got coming up next uh, is the uh, Marvel's Voices uh, Pride edition, mm-hmm. where uh, 
crazy enough, we've gotten like all of the writers who are working on the X-Men stories in that uh, one-shot anthology. So we got uh, <clears throat> Steve Orlando, Anthony Alvera, Terry Bloss, Teeny Howard, and then today, as of this recording, we announced we've got uh, Vita Ayala, Kieran Gillen, and uh, Leah Williams all joining in on that party. So this is going to be like a giant size Amazing. edition. Yeah, so really excited about that and excited. I'm excited that, at, you know, we've been doing this for over 100 weeks and we're still getting brand new people like Anthony yeah. and Terry. Yeah. Um, fun fact, you know, so, so, some of these creators that show up, it, it might seem like the first time they're appearing because uh, like Steve Orlando got his own edition. But I talked to Steve briefly at a con a while mm-hmm. back. Um, and then you talked to Kieran Gillen uh, when you're at San Diego, yes. and we we ran that interview. In the yes, call. we asked him about Cyclops. So only this is something only you and I would know or hear about. <laughs> but it's it's fun. It's fun. It's fun that like the, 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 there are people like hidden in this column yeah. that people might not realize have actually been in here. No, before. yeah, you're you're but breaking new ground. Yeah, always exciting to get someone uh, at Kieran's level to. to Are you jealous that I've had Anthony Oliveira on my own column when I had my own Empire State of Mind column? Oh, I forgot about that. He was featured. I am. I am jealous. Um, I'm angry. Oh god. (laughs) But yeah, after that, we're doing. um, Well, so that one was going to run on May 31st, but we delayed it because we got all these other creators involved. So. I'm a nice person, and I don't want to rush creators answering fan questions. I'm sure it's very stressful answering fan questions, and sure. you need to take your time. You need to take a walk in between each one. <laughs> Contemplate life. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to do that on June 7th, I believe. That's a Monday. And then also, uh, since you know this coming week is the first week of the Hellfire Gala, uh, Jordan and I will get together and run through week one Hellfire Gala questions on the same day. So... I don't know if I'm going to die over that weekend <laughs> doing all this X-Men Monday. Yeah. Uh, I would die for the fans. Just kidding, I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. You have uh, a full opportunity to tell the fans you love them, and then you just backed off I, of it. I love... Look, look, fans. <laughs> would I be doing... Would I, would I spend my entire weekend doing two giant X-Men Mondays if I didn't love the fans true. and love X-Men? True. 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 It's yep. true. Uh, so yeah, no, it'll, we'll, we'll either do uh, two on Monday or one on Tuesday, one on Monday. If we do one on Tuesday, it'll cause fandom to erupt. So they'll think X-Men Tuesday is a thing now. Sure. Who knows? Anything could happen, guys. <laughs> so you're going to be doing a weekly check-in with Jordan for Hellfire Gala. That's cool. Uh, hopefully, you know, things can change. Schedules change, shift, uh, yeah. Schedules change. Jordan might say, you know what, Chris? We're done. I don't want to talk oh about this. Oh my God, 108 in and he quits. <laughs> <laughs> this gala is too spicy it's too spicy yeah well if you uh stay tuned ben percy talks a little bit about who That's appears true. in the hellfire gala including himself and he and he actually tells us what he wears at the hellfire gala that's true that was a huge spoiler there's a lot of spoilers coming yes up. all the x spoilers <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for news moving on to our top books of the week we're gonna talk about our number one most favorite book out this week chris what was your favorite book of the week uh this week uh, it was surprise, surprise. X-Men. <laughs> X, there's a book called X-Men. It's X-Men 20 written by Jonathan Hickman, up and coming indie writer <laughs> and <laughs> art by Francesco Mobili. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, this was, uh, you know, if you've been reading Jonathan Hickman's X-Men series, it's, you know, these one and done stories, a lot of seeds he's been planting, no pun intended oh. for Krakoa. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but he's been planting seeds and uh, some of them have paid off some of them have not but one of the early ones was that uh, Mystique was kind of running missions on the Orcus space station for uh, Charles and Magneto in exchange for them resurrecting her dead wife uh, Destiny and as you know Moira has made a rule on Krakoa that no precogs can be resurrected Right. so they are essentially stringing her along being real assholes and you know gaslighting her and it's pretty terrible um but it makes for good reading yeah the drama is good <laughs> so the drama is good and uh yeah we've got nimrod i mean it was just great that this kind of you know it's been a long time since house of x and powers of 10 so it was kind of nice to revisit some of those elements and right. it, it felt like you know we're still telling that one story that started there um but yeah it was cool it was great and uh I'm excited to see how uh, Hickman wraps up uh, with next issue, the final issue of his run before Jerry takes over. Um, but it obviously, it seems like there's going to be a lot more seeds to explore from his uh, from his first volume here. Yeah, it is nice that they like it's it, it, this issue is proof that they didn't forget about all the things they set up over a year ago, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and Jordan has said that too before. Like Jonathan is a, a long term planner. I mean, anyone who's read his work knows that. Right. <laughs> it's funny, you know, because you think about the Myra book, you think about you know X Corp, various things, and then the fans like if you drop one mention of something, and then too much time goes by without it being followed up, they're like, "Where's X Corp? Where's Moira? What's right. happening?" And they do feel, some of them do feel like, did he forget Moira? Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, this, is, this is all planned. It's out. sort of so. like how. Well, not really, but Nick Spencer, you know, introduced Kindred like two years ago, and we didn't really understand who he was until two months ago or whatever. Uh, you, you, yeah, I think you just uh, you just compared <laughs> Kindred to Hickman's X Men, and I think you just lost half the audience. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You, you shouldn't draw it out too long because people only have so much patience unless you give them little nuggets, like X Men Monday does every week. That's true. We are the Kindred <laughs> of comic book journalism. I, I, in, in Nick Spencer's defense, yeah. I, you know, it, it has been long and drawn out, the Kindred story, but every time I say, I'm going to drop this book I know. and just read it in trades, there's always some cliffhanger at the end that goes, all right, all right, I'll stay one more story arc. You know, it's also a roller coaster. My favorite book of the week, The Blue Flame, number one by Christopher Cantwell and Adam Gorham, uh, with colors by Kurt Michael Russell. Uh, this was my most anticipated book last week, I believe, and, um... For good reason. It's a smart superhero story with vigilante heroes, but also a hero in outer space who must uh, explain to an alien race why humanity is worth saving. Um, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, and I can kind of get into spoilers since it's been out for a little while now, but there's a there's an attack, a, a gunman, and it shocks this vigilante superhero team. And they're very low-level vigilante superheroes. They're like guys with costumes and low-level powers. Um, but meanwhile, there's another blue flame superhero out in outer space flying around like um, Adam Strange. And there are these two identities going on. And there isn't quite enough to know exactly what's happening, but there's a cool mystery afoot. Um, and then Gorham does some great stuff with the cosmic elements in the backgrounds and stuff, the space scenes. Um, but also in the um, scene set in Earth, it's very like realistic and down to earth. And these characters feel very real. Uh, pair that with Russell's colors, and you've got a great first issue from Vault Comics. Um, I'm excited to see if this 
book does really well and how people react to it. I haven't really seen a lot of reaction this week. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's my favorite book of the week. Cool, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you, dude. I'm a, I'm a big Cam, I'm a big Cantwell. Fan. Yes, actually, that last time you were on the podcast, we interviewed Christopher Cantwell. That's right. That's right. Um, I only come back when there's a Cantwell mention. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's no, your I, bat signal when, when, when Cantwell calls you pump. <laughs> Chris Cantwell did something. I got to get on there. Um, no, I, I was, uh, I loved his Dr. Doom run. I did it. I actually did an exit yes, interview that's right. for, uh, an exit. Yes. With a big X. Yes. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, for APT. Um, you can check that out if you want, but, uh, no, I'm a big fan of his and I'll, I'll definitely check this out eventually. Yeah. His Iron Man book was solid too. It still is. It's still going. Uh, I just read uh, she uh, she can fly. Too. Oh so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm digging into the Cantwell. Backlog. Good timing. That is the that is the fun of comics. I think uh, the third chapter in the she can fly the the final third chapter is coming out this fall as well. We finally find out if she can fly. <laughs> Maybe. In our next segment, top books for next week, we're gonna pick our number one most anticipated book out next week. I picked Firepower number twelve by Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney with colors by Matthew Wilson. Uh, Firepower is a fantastic book, visually just stunning, well-paced, uh, well-choreographed. This is a kung fu uh, book. But I'm really excited for this because it's extra-sized, and knowing Kirkman... X, big oh X. God, get out of here. And, and knowing Kirkman, this book will blow us away with some crazy reveal. Maybe a character finds out their father wants to kill the planet. No, I'm just kidding. That's invincible. Um, Bad joke. No, but uh, really, that was that was a really bad the joke. character. Uh, the main character has brought his family to this island where there's supposed to be this um, final confrontation. It's all built into this, so yeah, that's why I'm excited for it. What is your most anticipated book of the week? Well, um, there are a couple Hellfire Gala books this week, and <clears throat> I don't know. I, I was looking for a list of reading order. I'm not sure what the reading order is. I'm, I'm sure there is one out there, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yet. Uh, but I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's Marauders. I feel like Marauders 21 is when it starts or it would start. Uh, but I could be wrong. on mm. that. Don't hold me to that. But because the Hellfire Gala was created and like kind of came out of Marauders, I do uh, have high hopes for the Marauders issue of this, uh, storyline. Right. So, uh, you know, obviously it's Emma's book and this is Emma's gala. So I'm just, uh, looking forward to some good stuff in there. But I mean, obviously it's going to be drama across the board and mess everywhere so it'll be a very messy month for x fans i'm assuming yeah next week is also <laughs> x force 20 and hellions number 12 i mean what do, what are your what are your thoughts on the gala and what what do you expect because i'm just expecting every book to just be constant drama mm. and uh, hijinks and drunken craziness and uh hookups breakups Surprises. That would be interesting if there were hookups. I, I, I don't know if Marvel's going to pull that trigger because they like to keep everything so vague when it comes to relationships. No, there's there's going to be hookups because Jordan has said that there's a, a scandalous romance that happens. We also know there's going to be a death, a murder of some sort. Yeah, so yeah, we got that. Well, I mean, that's how it ends, I guess. Also, uh, doesn't didn't Ben say something like, uh, later in the, in the show, Ben Percy says something about how Beast has some alternative motives or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone... It's gonna be crazy. And Doom's in it. Doom, Iron Man, Cap. Fantastic Four. Oh, and then the, in the middle of Conan it, Conan O'Brien. Uh, yeah, and they got yeah, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, you got Reed and, and and Xavier, and Xavier wiped Reed's brain, and then you've got the Franklin drama, and you've got the you got Doom there, and you got planet-sized X-Men in the middle of this. They're gonna go form their own planet, probably. 
So it's going to be it's a drama llama, man. It's a dra- <laughs> <laughs> Is that the book Hickman's writing? Drama, drama llama, yeah. Dra- drama llama X-Men. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'm really excited for it, too. Um, when you think about yeah. it, think about it. Like, no other books. Yeah. You know, other bo- you know, Batman can have a crossover. There's an earthquake. There's a cataclysm, whatever he does. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you just name-dropped a, a, a title from, like, 1996, yeah. There's a contagion. Uh-huh, yeah. There's a book. nightfall. Oh my god, so many. <laughs> but uh, you never have a, a line of books where it's just a party. True. And, and one night. Get, and just one night. One night, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the summer sol- solstice. And yeah. everyone's just going to get drunk and get into trouble. And then there's going to be fallout after that. I think, I mean, that's... It's going to yeah, be basically a murder mystery, right? I mean, I'm 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 fairly certain someone the, the person who dies, someone will know some that person is dead early on and then they will try to figure it out and then as this event takes place over the month, uh more people will find out this murder happened. It's got to be. It's knives agree. out. It's knives out for the X-Men. You. I don't agree with you. I think it's going to be a lot of partying and then someone dies. <laughs> At the very end. That's how parties work, you know. Oh, true. I do not want to go to the parties you go to. Hey, do you remember that murder mystery party I had in college? Did you go to that? Do you remember that? Uh, I think so. Sounds and about right. There were like every person had a character sheet, and they had to yeah. be that person and stuff. And then the person who was the murderer forgot at the very end. Do you remember that? Okay. It was so no. bad. Sounds about right. Anyway, um, well, I mean, I haven't been to a party since before the pandemic, but I think they usually end in murder. Yeah, that's probably about right. I mean, you know, someone murdered fashion. Someone murdered a bad joke. You know, it happens all the time. Killing it on the runway. We don't mean actual murder necessarily, depending on where you are and who your friends are. Yeah, listeners, we don't endorse (laughs) In our next segment. We endorse vaccination. Judging by the cover, Junior, we're going to pick our favorite (laughs) cover art. And Chris totally copied me after I put down mine. I put Marauders number 21, Russell Dodderman's main cover. This features Emma Frost wearing quite an outfit and quite a hat uh, she's also holding the hellfire gala um invitation which i believe was designed by um tom muller and anyway she's holding up a glass of champagne the reason why i picked this is not only because the fashion is really cool and like modern but there's a really cool glow behind her with these open doors i mean it's simple but it's like sophisticated she has this air of her that's just like she owns the room it's very, uh, she's got a very revealing top, of course, which isn't the main reason why I picked this. But, you know, Emma's sexuality is part of her character. And for her to, to exploit that or, or present that when wearing some kind of high fashion makes sense for her character. Yeah. And then I picked the, uh, what is it called? The Dodderman Connecting Cover mm. <laughs> from Marauders 21. Yeah. And this is one of Emma... Uh, a strutting on the green carpet of the Hellfire Gala. That's interesting. Um, it's a green carpet, not a red carpet, isn't it? Well, it's Krakoa, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Krakoa. I'm sorry. I say yeah. Krakoa. It's probably Krakoa. You know what? Potato, potato. Well, I've lost 20 listeners, so. <laughs> <I apologize. laughs> this guy um, doesn't know. So, yeah, I mean, other than uh, Dodderman being what I call him in X Men Monday, a modern master of comics, mm-hmm. uh, it's all on display here. Uh, this is one, this is another Emma outfit. Um, this is one where she's using her secondary mutation as jewelry to accentuate her, her, her costume. So she's wearing this, like, uh, I don't know what kind of dress that would be called. I am not a designer. See-through um, dress? It's just no, like strings. 
it's like dang yeah dangling like diamond strings on yeah. top of her diamond body and then she's got diamond uh, high heels. heels yeah so yeah it's just, it's quite the look i could not pull it off but emma does <laughs> i would <laughs> and, like to uh, see you try <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to see that um oh and she's also got little half gloves too that's interesting I yeah 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 um because you don't it's covid times you don't want to touch <laughs> oh that's <laughs> why she's hands. got gloves yeah <laughs> yeah you're shaking hands and the so, back cover has the uh the invitation as well that's right that you yes. got that you actually got in real life i did get it i did get it yeah um, i sent you one it was personalized. It said your name on it from Emma. Oh wow! Gave <laughs> you a some message. Diamonds in there, yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> I just like that. You know, Emma. This is just classic Emma, and she, you know, she's owning that green carpet, and she, she knows she's owning it, mm. and it's her party. Let her have this party, you know. Yeah, you so. get the impression she's kind of running shit as far as this party is concerned. Yeah, well, I mean, Jerry Duggan said in X Men Monday, uh, I think it was one hundred. He said like this is an in world flex for Emma, mm-hmm. and you know it's. If you've been reading X Corp or you know any of the other books, you know that mutants are just dominating in every area of uh, of human culture. So, yeah, she's doing that here on this cover. So yeah, very cool. I also picked this because you picked Emma, and I thought that'd be funny if we both picked the same artist. I knew I'm it. Go- I called you. I'm a I'm a goofster. That's what happens when when Nathan's gone. I I goof it up. In our next segment, join us as we interview Benjamin Percy. We talk about Wastelanders. The new Star Lord focused scripted podcast coming out June 1st. We also talk about X Force, X Men, and the Hellfire Gala. Enjoy. Enjoy. On with us is Ben Percy. Ben, you are known for X Force, X Men. I loved Green Arrow. I reviewed almost every issue of that. And now we have Wastelanders, Old Man Star Lord, the scripted podcast coming next week, June 1st. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about Old Man Starlord. And there's two episodes on the first day, right? I think so, yeah. So that yeah. people can get it, uh, all, all the saltiness of, of Old Man Starlord. You know, you can shove as much of that in your ear as you want on the first day. <laughs> and is it a 30-minute show? It's, you know, flexible. It's elastic. Uh, okay. Sometimes it's around it. 27 minutes. Sometimes it's 36. We're not... We're not limited in a strict sort of sense. The, the first episode is meatier. It's longer. Maybe even maybe even 40 minutes. Oh, awesome. That's great. It's almost, yeah. So it's like, um, you know, streaming like TV shows. Like it, it doesn't really, they're, they're not beholden to the, uh, the commercial break. <laughs> I mean, we still have those mid-roll breaks in there. But yeah, you can, you can go short or go long. It just, the story uh, dictates, dictates the form. With two seasons of Wolverine the Long Night under your belt... How does it feel to kick off a second scripted podcast series with uh, Wastelanders? It's a blast to write for audio. You know, it, it challenges yeah. me in to come up with new storytelling techniques. Uh, when I first started writing Wolverine, uh, The Long Night, I realized that, you know, my, my arsenal uh, wasn't going to carry over. You know, the way that I told a story as a novelist, the way I told a story as a comics writer did not apply. Uh, And, you know, I can talk about this in so many different ways. Like, how do you write a fight scene in audio? (laughs) Not completely bewilder your audience. How do you orient your audience? If, you know, you're reading a comic, if you're watching a movie, uh, you know, you sort of take for granted all of those visual cues that you get. You know, here they are, it's night, uh, or they're on the docks by the ocean and it's foggy. Here they are in a cave, here they are in a kitchen and a 
tea kettles about to boil and, 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 and how do you supply those via audio in a way that feels organic and not clumsy, mm-hmm. not, not, not forced into the dialogue uh, so that it's overly expository. And one of the things that I figured out was uh, in studying S-Town and studying Serial and studying Homecoming, that all of these shows, these podcast series were interrogative. Uh, Homecoming is about a therapist talking to a patient. Uh, S-Town and Serial are about investigators sitting down with people, asking them questions, right? So I tried to figure out a way in which I could do that with the audio drama. So with Wolverine the Long Night, you have a group of federal agents who are investigating a series of murders. They sit down with somebody, they ask questions. They're like, what's your name? You know, what were you doing on this night? And so the person might be like, well, I was, you know, out on my crappy boat going out on the water. It was, you know, uh, still dark out when I came across this ghost vessel floating in the water. All the crew seemed to be gone. It was unmoored. I climbed up on board to look around. And here's where you start to immerse yourself into that environment, right? Mm-hmm. You hear the squeak of boots on the deck. You hear the waves yeah. slapping and, and the past infects the present. And I wanted to do something similar to that with Old Man Star-Lord. I wanted to come up with a way to frame it uh, mm-hmm. so that this audio experience felt naturalistic, but it was also an efficient vehicle uh, for, for transferring information. And so the framework, instead of having federal agents as the point of view, instead I have a Regillian recorder as the point of view. So everything, a Regillian recorder, right, is, is a, a, a sentient robot. They're sent out as scouts by the Regillian empire. They are recording, uh, you know, history, huh. makers, game changers, new geographies, uh, new civilizations throughout the universe. And, and so this Regillian recorder is accompanying our heroes. And sometimes, you know, uh, ends up here or there i won't give you too many spoilers but (laughs) kidnapped at one point so that we you know are following somebody else but as a result of that you are housed in the rejulian recorder's point of view the surveillance device that is sentient uh but is asking questions and is contextualizing everything with these data entries so what what in a roundabout way what i'm the way i'm responding to your question is it was uh, you know, a true pleasure writing this. It's always, you know, a pleasure playing in the Marvel sandbox. But but one of the reasons that it was such a pleasure is that it was such a challenge because mm-hmm. here is comics, a visual medium. How do you completely reinvent that to give your ears a party? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a good segue to you. next question. Um, just, you know, how do you, how do you write this, this ear party? Um, obviously when you're doing a comic script, you're, 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 you're writing for the artist. Um, do you find yourself when you're writing this, are you thinking about sound effects or is that someone else's job? Is that integrated into the script? No, it is very much integrated into the script. If you look at a movie script or a TV script, you're not supposed to be too bossy. Right. Right. You're not supposed to talk about camera angles or, or belabor special (laughs) effects. Chris and I both went to school, the same school for screenwriting. So like it was less was less is more was always the rule. Yep. In this case, uh, more is better in that, yeah. you know, 
we're all in conversation. You know, the production team, the director, uh, we're all in conversation as I write. You know, I'm turning in multiple drafts, but oftentimes the question is, what does this sound like? Mm -hmm. uh, how do we provide a better auditory clue here um, as to what's going on and so forth? Mm -hmm. So you will find all sorts of ambient details in the script related to the sound design. Now, I'm not gonna take credit for how awesome it sounds. <laughs> that's, that's the job of the audio wizards. And, and, you know, yes, radio plays have been around for a long time, but these audio dramas are radio plays on steroids. They, mm. you know, there is sort of unlimited potential to what you can do with mm -hmm. sound design now. And so we're kind of inventing, we're inventing things as we go along. And sometimes the question right. is, is that possible? Let's make it happen. Let's figure it out. So you're you're not out in your backyard doing explosion sound effects that you send over to Marvel. Yeah. You're not a trained Foley artist. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, the previous the previous two seasons of Wolverine were shot in a Foley studio. Um, with the actors, you know, wrestling each other and, and, you know, slamming each other against walls and crunching across gravel and everything else. In this case, because of COVID, that was impossible. But nonetheless, it still sounds fantastic. And, um, you know, that has a lot to do with not just the actors and the director being together on Zoom and, and creating this, you know, crazy, fun uh you know interactive environment that i was able to you know spy on yeah today. but also but also the audio producers the audio producers are just crazy with what they can do were there were there table reads with all these incredible actors that you yeah, get to... yeah. every day you know there'd be a new zoom link yeah yeah and i would pop on and <laughs> listen to you know chris elliott snarking at timothy busfield and that's amazing Danny glover and vanessa williams it was amazing and sometimes I... you know on the fly we'd be They'd be like, ah, oh, this line, it just sounds a little clumsy. You know, right. it sounds more like writing than it does something that somebody would say. And so I'd, you know, edit it in real time for the actors. Did they get nervous knowing God was there, uh, <laughs> potentially changing the script on them? <laughs> they're, they're the gods. I'm, you know, screenwriters, <laughs> lowest man in the totem. <laughs> you, you better I, uh, re rethink that edit, Chris Elliott, or write you out this, this, <laughs> this script. He's so, he's so snarky, too. <laughs> I uh, I have my hands on next week's Marvel books, and there's an ad for it. I don't know if you've seen it yet. You probably have. I've seen that. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I think it's Will Sliney on art. Um, it says it's the it's the uh, an all new original scripted podcast universe. Is there any pressure that it's the start of a podcast universe? It's not just one podcast. Sure, but but you know what? We have great bedrock already yeah. in the comics. You know, I right. I've been a Longtime fan of the old maniverse. <laughs> yeah. I like that talking terminology. That's what good. Lemire and and uh, Sorrentino did. I'm talking about what what Ethan Sachs and Robert Gill did. You know all the yeah all the goodness that came out of those those various series. You know everything from Old Man uh, Quill to Old Man Hawkeye, Old Man Logan, and and this is not a direct adaptation of that, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be possible without that foundation either and so sure. i hope that this will draw more people to the comics because they're fantastic mm -hmm. and you know we we are creating our our own universe here you know our, it's separate from uh the mcu and that's the same thing we were doing with wolverine though as well 
you know you mm -hmm. you you look at the history of the characters and and you sort of are able to to tip your hat to that but you're playing on your own 40 acres which is fun because you're not constrained by by anything somebody's done before right which which is exciting i think uh, we don't know what to expect uh from dr doom to rocket raccoon with a crazy techno cane <laughs> and, and you know i got to write a bunch of, of villains that i love uh yeah I've never written dr doom before i've never written craven craven's craven's my favorite Marvel. <laughs> and i approached craven as a kind of yeah i don't know you know if, if cormac mccarthy who's one of my favorite Ooh. Novels, oh know, so Cor good cormac mccarthy and Werner herzog had a love child <laughs> That's great. They should put that on the poster or the advertisements. Uh, like I know it's for the uh, Craven movie that was just announced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why did you see that Craven? I could. I want to. I want to be. Craven. <laughs> Why didn't they hire you to be Craven? I think you'd be good at it. Just put me in a bear suit and I'll run around. So, <laughs> so it's it's way too early to be asking this question, but I have to ask. Uh, the Long Night ended up getting a comic book adaptation. Might we anticipate a Wastelanders comic book adaptation? You know, I. I would doubt that, but you never know. But because yeah. we already have all these great comics right. that exist, I don't, you know, I'd rather people just run, rush to those. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, we mentioned Chris Elliott and Vanessa Williams, uh, Danny Glover. Is there, uh, you know, getting to watch these actors uh, on these Zoom calls and these table reads, is there anyone who really impressed you, who really stands out that's your favorite performance in this? Well, I mean, Danny Glover is a legend, of course. Yeah. Oh my God, hearing his voice just like brought me back to my childhood. <laughs> He's in the trailer, you probably already heard it, you know, so yeah. the bad guys win. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> And Vanessa Williams as Emma Frost, I mean, she's, there's no one more regal mm. than Vanessa Williams. That was incredible to see her uh, take on that authoritative role. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, but, but the majority of my time was spent listening to Chris Elliott and Timothy Busfield. You know, the, they are the title characters. They were right. in the studio every day. They are... They, they would just rapid fire go back and forth at each other. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if they have a awesome. previous relationship, but they sounded like machine guns, you know, sort of <laughs> machine guns going back yeah. and forth. And they were riffing off lines and snarking at each other in real life as well as on the mic. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, I was laughing, you know, here, here at home at my desk to the point where, you know, my kids who were <laughs> recording were home from because of, you know, the pandemic shutting everything down. Um, you know, my kids would wander to my office and go, what's so funny? Are you watching a YouTube video? <laughs> I like that. Just Chris Elliott ranting. That's funny. Chris Elliott too, his giant Santa beard. During the oh, really? That's funny. If they're improving, did I have to ask then, were they like swear? Were they, did they end up swearing by accident because they were getting into it so much? Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they would... Or, you know, Chris Elliott would say something like, uh, you know, uh, if they'd be like, oh, could you work on this line, Ben? You know, can you fix this line? Chris Elliott. Mm. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> Where the fuck uh, is something good? <laughs> Do you get any lines in the uh, Wastelanders? I know. I was going to say. Because <laughs> I... Natural I'm talent. impressed. You've done like four voices already, and we're only 15 oh, yeah. minutes into this. It's one of my superpowers. <laughs> I'm, I'm a solid mimic. Um, but no, no, I'm, I, 
I uh, I just recorded a commercial for Pandora though, so oh wow, you know if you might be listening to some some Bismarck Key and John Prine, and my voice might you know pop in <laughs> and growl at you and say, "Listen to you know Marvel's Wastelanders, Old Man Star Lord." That must be fun because it's a different muscle to flex, right? As, yeah, as I mean, I've, I've, I've recorded audiobooks. Uh, you oh, you have? I'm sorry, I, I didn't know I've that. I've doing my novel. I recorded that. And, uh, and I, you know, I go around doing, giving lectures at universities and and at literary festivals and such. So, I, you know, I, I'd be happy if anybody wanted to recruit me as a Pixar villain. I'm available. <laughs> uh, I know Pixar listens to this you podcast every week. So. <laughs> they just might. We don't know. <laughs> So we know uh, Marvel has invited a bunch of celebrities to the Hellfire Gala. There was that news a month or so ago. So I'm curious, might we see any of the Wastelanders cast at the Hellfire Gala as well? Ooh. You know, there are so many people who show up at the Hellfire Gala. (laughs) I am honestly not sure. They could be there. I mean, the art that I'm looking at for X-Force and for Wolverine, uh, I mean, there might be a, a hundred different cameras oh just in those two issues including me <laughs> oh you're in it that's awesome Joshua and our and our spouses <laughs> i show up in a flannel tux of course oh really <laughs> so that that's that's a great clue because it might be hard to find you um did you guys be, manage to fit uh, waldo into the hellfire gala <laughs> i i'm guessing somebody put waldo in there. someone had to have right like <laughs> When it comes to celebrities, musicians, sports stars, Marvel writers and artists, Marvel editors. That's great. Publicity team. Like it's you can you can go over that thing with a microscope. I can imagine. A lot of Easter eggs. Now I'm gonna look for Danny Glover. <laughs> um <clears throat> so yeah, X Force, uh the, the Hellfire Gala tie-in is uh, coming out this coming week. Um yeah. Obviously, your cast is on security detail. Um, so my question is, <laughs> were you jealous of, at all of the other X-Writers that they get to have fun on the inside? Or would you say that the real fun no, is on the outside? Not at all. That's how I pitched, you know, my involvement. It was, uh, you know, I, I want to do a True Lies kind of thing. You know, if you think about the, mm, the so opening of, the true, of true Lies, where Arnold is at the party, uh, you know, and... and yep all sorts of hijinks ensue. I wanted my story to be uh, sort of relegated to the shadows. Mm. And though Logan is missing the open bar, uh, (laughs) he's happy to be far away from all the glad handing and bootlicking that's going on. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Of course, when you have uh, a, a party of this size, when you have all of these you know, conflicting political forces coming together, there's going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I'm giving anything away since one of the covers reveals this, that there's also a certain Merc with a mouth who shows up and makes makes things. Right. Lights a few fires. Isn't there a cover where he's got like a plate of uh, hot dogs and a blanket or something and he's falling from a high story that's right yeah he's falling past the window the party's going on the yeah yeah that's the one. wolverine's about to pound him have you ever worked security you seem the type no but i have worked lots of events uh actually here's here's as close as i get get to security my first concert my parents never listened to music i don't, mm. I don't really understand it but i lived in a, i grew up in a silent house 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, ironic with the audiobooks. Yeah. And and so I never attended a concert. All oh wow. College. So when I get to college, I'm like, get me to a concert. And the first concert that I ever attended was Wu Tang Clan. Oh, uh, cool. And so I was so excited to be there that I shouldered my way all the way to the front. <laughs> <laughs> Method Man's hand. But what happened was everybody else was pushing forward and pushing forward and pushing oh. forward. And so, you know, I'm this, you know, just getting, I'm getting pushed forward in this wave into the security uh, oh my God. forces that are, that are guarding the stage. And so they, you know, whip out their um, mag lights and start. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so that's as close as I ever came to security. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I uh, can I tell a really quick story. I uh, I studied abroad in Italy, and I went to the Vatican, and I had a T-shirt that said security. Yeah. But you're not allowed in the Vatican if you have T-shirts or shorts on. And I was just standing outside waiting for my my friends to come out, and people started coming up to me asking if they can go in, where the entrance is, and I got so bored of saying I'm not security, I started answering their questions. Nice. <laughs> but that's the closest I got. I hope to. that you gave them the wrong answer. A couple times, based on like how annoying they were. <laughs> can I can I go see the Pope? Yes, right this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he's in the back. There's a bathroom. You go through this secret door. VIP pass for the Pope is dollars uh, <laughs> payable to me. There you go. Yeah, pay up front. Um, of the uh, of the X Force uh, cast, is anyone uh, really excited to be security? I feel like Beast would probably really get a kick out of the. Oh power. yeah, he seems like a control freak. <laughs> well, I will say that Beast has his own motivations uh, mm, at the health Taylor, that are separate from maintaining the peace. Interesting. Uh, nice. And Quentin, of course, you know, loves the authority that's bestowed upon him. You know, mm-hmm. he's working the gate. He's, you know, doing a sort of psychic scan as people wander by. So he's getting all the juicy details and he is, you know, <laughs> sort of puffing up his chest uh like a mall cop <laughs> who's who's uh, funny. Uh, a little too interested in bossing people around <laughs> paul blard over here <laughs> um i'd like to move away from the gala and and talk about vampires which is <laughs> a common segue on podcasts <laughs> um but yeah i i was i think i i think a lot of people were surprised when uh, dracula popped up in the dawn of x and how big of a role vampires have kind of played throughout uh, Wolverine's story and obviously the Mega Red. Uh, I'm just curious, like, where, how did that idea come about? Was that something you pitched or was that a group effort? I, uh, you know, I put together a giant document, a big Bible at the beginning of my run that contained a whole host of ideas, one of which was vampires. Uh, and the reason that I targeted them is that Logan is immortal. You know, I know, I know you can you can quibble with that word. <laughs> here he is all these years later, having survived uh, nuclear blasts, uh, having, you know, been dumped in lava, having gone to hell, still kicking. Uh, so he and the vampires are, in a way, dark mirrors of one another. Mm-hmm. And there is the complexity of being an immortal and, and what that does to your worldview uh, and, and how you value life and how you regard the vulnerability of those around you who won't be around as long. So I thought it was an interesting track to follow. 
uh, to explore some of those thematics. Was the the, the vampire the realm? <laughs> yeah, vampire. was the the vampire realm in uh, Ten of Swords? Was that something that was introduced kind of to to play off of this uh, ongoing storyline? Yeah. So Sevalith, you know, the the other world realm uh, of the vampires is meant to be sort of an, a new definition of vampirism. And if everybody in our world has Dracula's strain running through them, mm -hmm. uh, and his voice in their heads, I, I thought it'd be interesting to contrast that with another environment uh, that was a little more civilized. Um, I'm almost you know, positing the idea that Dracula is a bit of a barbarian to them. Um, that the, the Sevalith society can, you know, they can birth their own children. Uh, they're not as driven by this compulsory desire to take, you know, take out of their life. Um, you know, so they, they are noble and they, compared to Dracula, and they turn their, their noses up at him as a result of that. And so they are conscripted by Luis in this last issue. You know, she approaches the vampires of Sethalith and says, you know, can you get rid of this burdensome contagion, this annoyance that is playing? <laughs> uh, you know, she's been part of the night guard fighting, fighting the vampire nation. And so uh, she's transitioning. She's moving, having been infected herself, she's moving to sort of like the big leagues as she tries to engage them in the battle on earth. I never yeah. thought I'd feel bad for Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really I referred to him as a redneck, and, you know, after, yeah, yeah, after yeah. my issue. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then they said, get it, redneck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect dad joke, really. <laughs> I think Chris and I are both really big fans of Solemn. I think the introduction of that character was really cool, and I know we're getting more of that character soon. How excited are you uh, to be able to play with the character again? Very. I mean, the idea when we first began X of, X of, Ten of Swords uh, was to make him, you know, the the Loki to Wolverine's Thor to make him a right. recurring character, and and so as with everything that I'm that I'm putting together in X Force and Wolverine, you know, I'm I'm juggling different chainsaws, so things cycle in mm -hmm. and they cycle out, and so Solemn cycled in. And Ten of Swords, and now here comes the chainsaw again. He's you know revving back to life in this run that Kubert and I have coming. Uh, that's called the Unusual Suspects. Nice. Ooh, that's cool. Nice nod. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know a, a, a thriller, a mystery. Logan is a detective, and and you'll find at the end of the Hellfire Gala that the events that transpire in X Force and Wolverine directly set that up, that storyline. Exciting, that's really cool. Yeah, I know you were teasing on Twitter, um, you and Adam, uh, a, a cropped image of Wolverine, and you were saying that when we see the full image, it's gonna it's gonna blow our minds. Yeah, well, I mean, everything that guy does is is mine. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. epic, so iconic. He's always he's always been amazing, but I feel like lately, you know, just ever since he and I started working together, he's just taken things to the next level with his mm. layouts and his experimentation. 
My inbox yeah, regularly makes my own. That auction episode <laughs> was so gorgeous. Like there were so many cool tricks and visual ideas in there. Yeah. He uh and, and, and you know, we go back and forth by text. He's you know, I'll be like, hey, uh, here's a description of the storyline, and I really want this to be about uh you know in a way you could draw a parallel to some of what I'm doing in old man star Lord in that, and in Wolverine, the long night in that there's kind of surveillance, there's interrogation going on, but everybody has a secret. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hiding something. So I was like, Adam, I want this story to be one where Logan's going to be interviewing a bunch of people, you know, plain detective. And I want everybody to be lying to him. And so he's like, oh, okay, that's cool. What if we did this thing where the color scheme's different for every single one of those interrogations? Because like True Detective, right? You mm-hmm. interrogate somebody and then it, you see what they're talking about. So he'll talk to somebody and then we'll you know, go into that dream dreamland. We'll go into that, that version of events visually. Right, right. So right. what if every, every single one had a different uh, aesthetic? Not just color, but aesthetic. So... That's how that's how you we usually go back and forth and we figure out the design accordingly. That's awesome. Yeah, he's he's someone who just gets better with age. I mean, I remember when mm. I started reading the X books, you know, he was the artist on Wolverine. And it's crazy to think that after all these years he comes back and he's just upping the game again. So it's been awesome. He's like a fine wine. <laughs> he, he might be a, a vampire. He might be a mortal. Oh my god, he could be a vampire. How old is he? Do we know? Five hundred, six hundred? He's one of the ageless. How old is, uh, speaking of old, how old is Star-Lord in Wastelanders? So, to to riff on this a little bit more, you know, old man Star-Lord, you know, Quill is, he's funny as hell, and the story's packed with spectacle, and it's ripe with suspense and all that. But at its core, it's, you know, it's the story of a fallen man who is hoping for redemption. He's hoping for a reclamation of glory. And in that way, Quill's story thematically mirrors the Earth's, right? Because both are broken and, and stripped of their heroic luster. And their, but they're, they're hopeful for a new dawn. So this, you know, we're not pinning an exact age on him. And he, he actually, there's a recurring joke as to what age he says he is. Mm. Oh, cool. And Rocket, you know, is calling him out on his bullshit constantly um but but let's just say that the he's a lot saltier he's a lot paunchier uh, <laughs> and and a lot slower but the glory days of the guardians of the galaxy are a distant memory but he is still like sunset boulevarding it all you know where he oh, okay you know live, living as though he's still a high school quarterback or something <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome so he's gonna have a lot of truths um, he's gonna he's gonna learn the hard way uh, that he's actually aged aged. But but you know he's at the at the beginning of the series. You know they're they've been making their way as the Guardians of the Galaxy are no more. You know they've been making their way as scavengers as smugglers, mm-hmm. and you know he sees this opportunity, sees this mission as a way to bring back the Guardians as a way to like, uh, you know, reclaim the sense of cosmic glory. <laughs> nice. The heroes are gone. Right. So he has, somebody has to stand up to, to doom and the 
the Ghost Riders, and All right, no one else will. And Craven, <laughs> right? And he's gonna um, he's gonna do that in his own fumbling way. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm curious. You you love the old man verse. Um, so let's flash forward. What what is the story of old man Percy? <laughs> <laughs> That's like 50, 60 years from now, by the way. This this could be the, the new Jonathan Hickman X book that's under wraps. We don't know. So if, if we're spoiling anything, <laughs> let us know. Old man, old man Percy. I hope I hope I make it to old, to old man, to the old man of Percy. I mean, uh, I eat a lot of cheeseburgers and drink a lot of food, so my heart is, my heart might explode in a geyser of gravy one of these days. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll see. I'm 42 now. Hopefully I can go the distance and then, and then, you know, when it's my time, I've already instructed my children to, uh, you know, roll me out into the wilderness, um, you know, like a grizzly inhabited wilderness with just a bunch of raw snakes mm. duct taped to me. Yeah. <laughs> and that will be my mighty end. No, you got to, you, you got to settle us. Then you, you live your, your second act. There's a vampire. <laughs> there we go. It's funny as my mother has always said when I if I ever uh, if I ever am at the end just put me out in the woods and let the wolves eat me and I I, wow. I guess yeah. I guess this is a common a thing dream. people think. That was like a great great end of the interview. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, we're not that. I in my obituary, the first line of it to read, he was eaten by a grizzly bear. Yeah, no, that's epic. While being struck I, by lightning. That's a good way to like sum up your life, really. <laughs> Well, that's it for questions. We have one more segment. It's called Off Topic Top Shelf. It's actually a question. Uh, we want to know, what are you into right now that's not comic book related? Uh, I guess I will... I mean, I will I will hawk two books that I recently read, two novels yeah. I recently read. Uh, cool. I have absolutely loved over this past year of reading... And I've been pushing these these books on everybody uh, I talked to. One gentleman in Moscow. Uh, it was perfect pandemic reading because it's about a character who is imprisoned in the Metropole Hotel in Russia over the course of so many decades. Like if he ever steps foot outside of the hotel, he'll be uh, imprisoned and executed. And so he lives in this fishbowl. Wow. Uh, which felt a lot like COVID times, but far more elegant. And, and the other book is The First 15 Lives of Harry August uh, by Claire North. And nobody's read this book that I've, I've spoken to. And it's, uh, it's, it's really special. I think it, it might have eked its way into my top 10. Um, Ever. Check those two out. But otherwise, you know, my, my days, I'm, I'm busily hammering away at the keyboard. You know, I've got a new novel coming out on June 1st, The Ninth Medal. I've got this podcast I've been working on, doing some TV stuff. I'm writing Wolverine and X-Force. I don't have time for hobbies, man. Uh, <laughs> so Talking I, to us is your hobby. When I hang it up at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm dadding it up. You know, I got to play sure. ping pong with my kids and help them with their homework and drive them around to, to various practices and such. So, Right. Yeah. Uh, Part-time Uber driver for your kids. That's exactly what I am. Yeah, I'm really into chauffeuring <laughs> these days. Oh sure, yeah. Free water and gum in the back. <laughs> do your do your kids' friends know that like you write Wolverine stuff like that? Do they care? Yeah, yeah, they know. I write. <laughs> kids on the Wolverine these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I've actually done over the years too is um, I've snuck different names in to comics. Oh, nice. That's fun. So, 
So, you know, there was actually, uh, I was, you know, sometimes parents will request it as like a Christmas gift or whatever. And I'm like, well, oh, neat. I mean, I can make it happen, but if you're just a cameo appearance in a comic, you're probably going to die. <laughs> Some bystander. <laughs> or in the be like a, you know, sketchy dock worker or something. Is that okay? Can your kid be a sketchy dock worker involved in human trafficking? <laughs> well, that's what, uh, the, the first issue of Wolverine, you and Jordan were there, right? in one of the scenes that's right yeah we were yeah. Uh, members of the russian mob <laughs> that is a high value thing i've seen kickstarters uh you have to pay like a thousand or even two thousand dollars to get yourself drawn into the book nice yeah so you can put a number on that when they, when, you, when you give it to them for christmas <laughs> <laughs> well ben percy thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on the apt comics podcast um marvel's wastelanders old man star lord premieres june 1st go listen to it and thank you so much Thank you for having me on. This has been a pleasure. <laughs>